Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Assemble, the show where you come for your rambling, geeky download. My name's Tom, and I am delighted, as always, to be joined by my friend and co-host from across the pond. It's our resident intelligent ape of the pod, DL. How are you, mate? I am good, dude. Hola. You're very intelligent. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You can speak Spanish. Ooh, Spanish-speaking ape. <laughs> Hola. Como estas? And ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I love the direction you took no. that. Yes, all of those words. <laughs> no. Speaking apes, yes. who would have thunk it? Uh, I guess we're getting into this already then. We are, we are, <laughs> well, we are speaking apes. We're basically. So many we're philosoph- monkeys. More philosophical Sorry, questions we're in small this monkeys. film. We're intelligent monkeys. Something, 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 intelligent monkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something, dark side. Something, something. I think we're pretty intelligent. I mean, apes. you're a very intelligent ape, let's be perfectly honest. Yeah, I'm like the Val Victorian ape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where I sit on the cat on the list, but I'm somewhere in the middle, dude. I I was actually <laughs> you're de- you're not the Val Victoria. You didn't flunk out. You're yeah, just hanging out. I'm there, dude. Did you know Sydney Sweeney? Random thought is uh was the Val Victoria in her high school? Really? I'm like that. That's unfair. I'm assuming that's a good thing. I mean, oh, you don't know what it means? I it's don't. like the highest GPA, I think. So she's smart and hot. It's unfortunate. So she's going to literally take over the world. So she's the AI from Ex Machina is what you're saying. But also like my Val Victorian was like, they had like a 6.0, dude. Oh. Which is like more like an earthquake than a GPA. (laughs) Like I'm like, when they were like, oh, 6.0, I'm like, shit, like we're in LA. That could be dangerous. (laughs) But that was his GPA. So I'm wondering if like maybe she just went to a school where it was like, you know, oh, yeah, three, went, five is a... Yeah, okay, right. She like, went to a pretty come on. school. Or, or she was a late bloomer because I'm sorry, to be that hot and that smart is unfair. Oh, anyway. That'd be interesting. I never thought about that. Maybe she maybe she is like the stereotype from those like rom-com type yeah. coming of age movies. Yeah, no one gave her attention. She was able to focus on her studies. And then she took a ponytail out and took her glasses off and she was hot. Who would have guessed? Or four bra sizes. I mean, that probably helps as well. <laughs> Let's be perfectly honest in this in this state. Have you seen that new movie she's in? No, but I've heard good things as far as rom coms go. Surprisingly, I've heard good things. Yeah, I was gonna like, I was gonna go with Gail as like a little gift to her and be like, oh, I want to see a rom com, but really, I just want to see Sydney yeah. Sweeney. Of course, <laughs> of course, mate. How did you uh, How did you celebrate Australia Day? Oh, uh, what do we do? Not much, man. Uh, I basically went and had a few beers, um, hung out. It was a bit hot. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It was the a bit hot. who doesn't know Australia Day is the day we, for some reason celebrate um genocide let's yeah, not get too I mean, political i don't know like, you, you want me let's to not get too dive into this I mean, too early in the podcast it, it definitely was the day of the first landing celebrating from the perspective of uh, uh, englishmen and australians that immigrated here hey our our nation yes. our nation's creation from they, other perspectives it is viewed as the start of a genocide they if say you are history so. favors the winners right yeah so it's all a matter of perspective i guess but it uh is. it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a public holiday over here and people celebrate it in very many ways we uh, we tend to do it as like a family thing so like mm-hmm. all my partner's family we get together and we drove two and a half hours up down the coast to get to this beautiful beach seven mile beach that um they, I've, I've wanted to go here for ages and my partner was like let's take the family there guess what the minute we got there cloudy and cold <laughs> like it was perfect weather all the way there the second we arrived cloudy and cold really it was yeah. so hot here the whole day really we did like one on a walk it was so it was not it was too much but yeah i didn't feel, I actually how do you feel about much. australia day being an immigrant yourself i don't i guess like i don't really i, I like the holiday it's actually a bit <laughs> inconvenient for Why? sales because like oh, this is I our see. end of fiscal year so yeah. everyone's trying to close the deals and then like everyone goes on like a four-day weekend right before the end of fiscal year all the people you're trying to sell to so that's always a bit stressful. For us, so, it's, for us, it's like right at the end of Q1. Like our Q1 is just destroyed because it's December. So December, Jan, Feb. So all December, no one cares in December. Like I, especially, and I work with a lot of like state gov customers too. Yeah. No one does shit all. 
there's like a, a an unspoken rule whereby if it's not signed off by like November the 14th, not going to happen. That's fine. So, I prefer to just have so one, just, an entire quarter like that than like a pretend quarter where it's like almost not. So the same expectations are set. Fair, Does that fair. make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. So like, anyway, that's a bit frustrating, but I, so I would move it for that people, that often, reason alone, I'd move it. But there's obviously other people that are like, we should move it just to make it for can, an actual reason. <laughs> well, we can celebrate Australia. Let's just not celebrate it on the day that, you know, the yes. Aboriginals view is like the worst day in their in their literal history in their literal history yeah. yes i mean I, I would probably change this, it myself yeah i would too there's some cool stuff i was reading about aboriginals um now that we're on the topic about how a lot of like i might have talked about this on the pod before but how a lot of their sacred sites have ended up correlating to when they're where there's like mass uranium deposits that's interesting yeah i read that and i'm not sure how true i, I didn't go <laughs> i didn't go fact check it by investigating where all the uranium deposits are in australia but it seems like such a random thing to make up you absolutely should fact check i, that I think next week we'll fact check yes but until then no, this won't. sounds really cool for anyone who yeah. doesn't know we say these things like we're going to come back to them in a week's time and then immediately forget but uh matt if you wanted to you know i don't know keep us keep us honest on this one you're absolutely welcome to however i did want to say speaking of you know like indigenous folks and uh all of their trials and tribulations there is a docu series i think it's on binge over here or maybe sbs it's called the australian wars and I've been meaning to watch it for absolutely ages. So perhaps I could do my homework and come back. What is it? Having what watched is it about? That. It's a docuseries about effective. Uh, well, let me let me find the uh, summary for you. Let me find the summary. 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. That's pretty solid. The tagline for the show is the Australian Wars presents a compelling awakening to the wars fought in our own country that for too long have been at the center of our great Australian silence. So my assumption is it sort of like mixes the idea of what we were talking about before. That sort of, you know, let's let's not call it a genocide, but it kind of is all the way through to today where like Aboriginal people have still been persecuted and for absolutely yeah. no reason. Yeah. I, I mean, like there's always persecution and it's it's yeah. sad to see. It's just really, really sad to see when like there there's not a lot of um, done visibility. <laughs> no, there's I mean, people are trying to do stuff about yeah, it. There's just not a lot of visibility to it. I would say you see, like, you look at the news. How much? How often do you? I didn't even know much about Aboriginal like strife until I came here. Yeah, right. Okay. And they're oh, like it's one of the most ancient in cultures the yeah. ever. I, I, I would, yeah, I would say there's. It, it's it's sad for sure. Je- it, I I do question though. Like, isn't genocide the purposeful? Like, are you telling me that the British when they came over here didn't purposefully that was, eradicate? That was yes, a hundred percent. Yes. But now, when this people a, say it's a genocide now, I'm like, no, like the people are trying to I don't stop think people, it. I don't think people are saying it's still a genocide. I think uh, people are saying it's still a war. Okay. I think those people are still trying to get back. Their sacred sites, yeah. their heritage, built, rebuild, you know, like their civilization yes. as it was. And, you know, like we're not doing a great job of helping to be perfect. And neither are the politicians. But you know what? This is not a political podcast, guys. We're getting way off topic, uh, even though I will come back and have watched that at some point in the next couple of weeks. Um, guys, if you like what you're hearing and we haven't got too political for you please give us a five-star review we really appreciate it when you do but there will be time codes in the description so you can skip around listen to us banter about our weeks if you like what you're hearing and you like hearing us talking trash feel free to stick it out but dl do you think they should give us five stars or do you think they should give us uh, a zero star for being too political uh probably zero stars for being <laughs> but if you do out. give us a if star we appreciate honest, it when you do will help, yeah. you can do it right there in app it is right in front of you so dl Yes. Talk to me, mate. What have you been up to this week? Uh, what have I been doing, man? I did a, uh, I did a, a bit of Risk. Ooh. A lot of board games of Risk. Ooh. We 
Well, there's a mobile app as well. Gil and I are playing each other. It's 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 become a thing. Wow. It's become an obsession. And seems like it's taking over. And I cannot win. <laughs> she's like an absolute warlord. Oh wow. A tyrant. I thought you were gonna be like you couldn't win, you were like too nice. No, 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 she's no. a she's, tyrant. I mean I can see that. She's like a warlord. She's O C D. She's she got would her absolutely like, destroy you. Yeah, like this really weird skill, which is risk. <laughs> it's like I don't know how applicable it is. Cleaning in, and risk. Yeah, I don't know how applicable it is in like our modern chilled out society, but should the apocalypse come? Oh, yeah. She's I know who be, I'm backing. Oh, big time. Yeah. I, I bet she's already got tins of uh, canned food like ready to go. I'll, I'll, I also, on that note, I did think about, I did make a pretty odd Amazon purchase. Here we go. Uh, here we go. I was basically you like, are, you, uh, you've got this from Joe Rogan. I, you I, are very no, no, I didn't a, get it from Joe Rogan, but I do like. I mean, the, the expectation of something's going to happen very soon. Well, not very soon, just that it could happen. Okay. okay it could okay. happen. Go on. And I feel like having one single survival book in your house is not the worst thing in the world. Here we even go. even if even if it's simply a natural disaster. Think about <laughs> if you were in Hurricane <laughs> Katrina and you were just <laughs> stranded for two weeks and you had no idea how to make or do anything with food. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna learn? I don't know. I in guess your, that's the point. That I don't know. So that's why I might as well get the book in your just two in case. bedroom apartment in Bondi Junction. Well, that's what are you the point. Learn? Once I get the book, I'll know. Okay, <laughs> shit's hitting the fan. Here's what I need to do. Can I ask uh, yeah, how I much mean, this book cost you in Australian dollars? Okay, all right. So what's seems that like, like a pretty twelve US. Seems like okay, a pretty good ROI if fucking something does happen. <laughs> and if it doesn't, okay, I lost eighteen dollars. I spend that much much on coffee every three days worst case scenario you so, can burn it as as, as like five percent you know I mean? at the very least it's kindling yeah <laughs> at the very most it makes me survive a global apocalypse so it was all in all i think a sound purchase I'll, and when i when this happens and you come to me for knowledge you think i'm gonna walk that far i will, no I will grant it i'll give it to you gladly but i'll say i told you so the reason i'll come to yours is because you are on a higher floor than us so if when the apocalypse does come i always think of it it's going to be like a zombie apocalypse for some reason but it's probably going to be more natural than that i assume probably like just a typhoon of i always know. wonder right like do you think zombies are gonna be able to get upstairs like genuinely not been an idiot but like mostly for the probably going to be rambling and shambling. Do you think they're going to be able to make it up the stairs? Yeah, I think they're going to make it up. In like big numbers. If they can't make it upstairs, they're not a threat In to big enough numbers to like to take you out? Society. Nah, not even a little bit. It, like if they can't get upstairs, there's stairs <laughs> everywhere. That's why, the, <laughs> that's that's why that, I never understood Imagine Daleks. that was like the weakness. It's like there's just zombies stairs. everywhere, but they're just all stuck. Well, like plus, they, 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 what? they can't go up the it's curb. A, it's a corridor, man. It's a corridor. No, no, they just can't even step over the curb. There's one they're the just all stuck in the street there's one of the buttons going pivot pivot no that's Brilliant. not why i bought it i bought it for other reasons but point being you know random purchase that's what i what, what have you been up to other than you know making fun of my <laughs> very very intelligent i would like purchase. to read that just to see how i'm uh, not gonna read it until i need be. to read it no you need to have those skills before no like, you, it's gonna you, tell you how you to fucking, like make fire and shit you yeah so i use that. that when i need to go make fire jesus the idea is you have those skills no i'm not trying to be like a fucking one of those people that well, has a bomb shelter that's who you i just want to have the book to know where i can go and then do all the shit i need to do when that's I need who to you're it. becoming man that's just literally you know uh i've been up to a couple of really cool things i'll start with one which i think you'll enjoy we talked about it fairly recently, the first season, actually. Uh, I have watched the first half of the second season of Invincible. Uh, if oh, you nice. remember, that's coming out in two pieces. I think the second part was scheduled to come out halfway through this year, but Riot Strikes and all those types of things could be a little bit later. First half of the season, really solid. Like, 
brings back a lot of the things from the first season that everyone liked you know the justice society or whatever they're called the little kid version of like the justice league they're still there they're still running around doing their thang sucking invincible still trying to find out who he is man i remember you liked the first season right yeah it was really good i mean it was uh, it was really good but it was <sighs> well it deals with a fallout of the yeah, first no, it's season. pretty good the guy's just a bit whiny the main character oh, big time it doesn't change in the first half i think he's gonna get less whiny towards the end of this second season because i think that's when he's gonna start becoming like the hero yeah but like for someone who is invincible he gets the shit kicked out of him a lot like a he's not lot. actually invincible he can die he can die technically yes. but like he's... he almost does like four times he's no i don't think so i think that's just him not knowing how strong he is like as you see in the second season doesn't mean he's just because he doesn't know he's not strong doesn't mean he didn't almost die his dad like but he was yeah, his dad he was a who is like a full fledged viltrumite there's not anyone else who can kick, get him that hard like the other time when he like trusted the 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 black who's the black homie's name uh forgetting but yeah i know you mean he, he almost died there too i think that many I, times he almost died i don't think he nearly dies in those times i think it's just him yeah he's just in the hospital in the icu for fun <laughs> <laughs> just because he likes the food well watch this first half of the second season i think you'll find a few little bits that you'll okay. be intrigued by i'd highly recommend going and checking that out i mean maybe even wait for the second half to come out because the ending of that first half of the second season it's such a cliffhanger like the end of yeah. the first season kind of was in a way yeah it's a good cliffhanger and it makes me be like give me this immediately i want yeah. it put it right now so yeah it's definitely worth checking out awesome man. anything else uh just a bit of prep for uh wa i'm doing a 10-day that's probably also why i bought the survival book but wa you yeah, think haven't, it's- haven't, done, <laughs> haven't, been, haven't been in a van trip in a while i'm a bit i'm a bit like you know she she now oh, i don't know if i'm ready um no so we're, we're doing some prep for that just like looking where we want to go going that's from awesome. perth down to margaret river um we never we got, we went down margaret river but we didn't spend a lot of time down there we spent like a couple of days what did you that's what we're gonna do like yeah two okay, or three right. days it's pretty then... it's very pretty down there there's like some nice beaches on the way yeah are you doing rottenness island yes we are doing rottenness go island. see those little quackers yeah i mean sure they're gonna be cool i guess gail will absolutely for sure but they're like them. just little chipmunks yeah they're very cute though yeah no they are they're, they're the ones who if anyone doesn't know don't have any natural predators where they live so i've just become accustomed to humans walking up to them and taking selfies with them yeah and you get these pretty cool selfies yeah, they like they look they look like they're taking a selfie with they you. genuinely they like look like they're smiling they're yeah. like ah oh, that's so cute man get your partner is gonna absolutely fawn over oh, she's no. probably gonna try and take one with her it's it's dangerous. you want to be careful we might that. have a pet <laughs> when i come back <laughs> um but no i also saw one of my actually i, did, I didn't even talk about this so one of my favorite bands in high school that just happened to be coming to australia so random you mentioned not, you mentioned this and could i did not believe they were coming they yeah, they, I mean, the, uh, high school, man, you're into some, some different stuff. They're called Amberlynn. They're kind of like proggy, emo, alternative. Um, now, does anyone anyone listening know who Amberlynn is? Feel free to hit us yeah, up at Podcast Assemble Instagram up. or the Podcast Assemble at gmail.com. You can tell us because I would love to know what people's thoughts on Amberlynn are. Oh, yeah, give us a go. Anyway, they, uh, <laughs> they had, I got there, and you know this one. Hawthorne Heights was opening. Wowza. It was, this guy was the most emo dude. <laughs> he was like, he had like four monologues about emo culture and what it meant. That you could tell oh. everyone was just like, dude, can you just get off? <laughs> yeah, like, just like, sing some fucking songs, yeah, man. Come, come on, on. Dude, move on. But yeah, it was, it was good fun. It was a bit, a bit of a blast from the past. A bunch of my buddies from high school hit me up like, oh shit, I didn't even know they were still a band. <laughs> They sold out and more, so I'm surprised. Like I'm surprised your partner went with you. Like I mean, I'm not surprised. Well, she to went be honest, with you, I, like, I just told her like I'm no strong. I said I said I bought two tickets. I have no one to go with because no one will know this band. You're coming. <laughs> You're coming. You don't get a choice. I'll buy you dinner. I was gonna say like yeah. what's the what's the payoff for that? There must be. I was dinner know. and yeah and, mm. and just and honestly not a lot of time for her to deny. I made sure she was free. Like 
I but like I didn't it. tell her what we were doing, and then we just did it. <laughs> and oh, dude, had some really good pizza though in Newtown. Newtown's really? pretty cool, dude. Newtown's about, very like, cool. I've been I've been there two or three times in the last three weeks. It's quite good. If anyone doesn't know, or this is such a random reference, but like it is sort of almost like the Melbourne to the Sydney. It is like it's like the it's, it's like, our mini Melbourne in Sydney. It's like the East LA to the Santa Monica. Yeah, it's like the Manchester to the London. It's yeah. cool. It's quirky. It's hip. I think Newtown's probably cool unlike than Manchester. me. <laughs> You say that. Manchester I've never been to Manchester, very, but different, different yeah. vibes. Manchester's very fucking grey. Okay. Um, I did one final thing which I know you like and I absolutely loved doing. So with the fourth season of True Detective coming out, I found out that I'd forced my partner to watch the third season. She'd never even seen the first, which is by far the best season of True Detective. So we sat and in about a week we've pretty much watched through the whole first season. God, that's so good. It's so epic. It's so existential. Uh, it's so pessimistic. It's so brutal. Yeah. And it wants you leave, it, it leaves you wanting so much more. So much more. I'm actually in the process of writing a, a YouTube video about it at the moment. It's going to come out pretty soon. Do you, do you know Wisecrack on YouTube? Wisecrack. Yeah. They do philosophical breakdowns of things like movies or TV shows. And they bring up this idea, which I hadn't thought about since I was maybe 15, about the idea of like weird fiction. I don't know if you ever heard of this. So weird fiction is kind of how to you can't really like bucket hole it it's not like a thing that's easy to explain or describe but think about it like hb lovecraftian type stories like, yeah there's no real point to them there's no like they end super abruptly they focus on the like weirdness Edgar Allan Poe shit. totally they focus on the weirdness they don't focus on like a happy ending in any respect it just kind of happens and you go holy fuck that happened <laughs> you know like and that's kind of the existential output i feel from this show and i have been doing on a rewatch i think i got so much more out of it like so, sort of seeing all the little hints all the way through it's got it's high re, it's got high rewatch value not just because of the story yeah just because of the comedy bro yeah especially because oh, you know like the dark comedy of it yeah, well the well they're just between him and the two detectives yeah. and like especially when you know how things are going how they end like in the mm, first season mm. there's time jumps so you're the first viewing so you're kind of like a bit like always off kilter a yes, bit trying to figure out agreed. what's happening and in the second season, when your second time, second rewatch, you know kind of where it ends, and so you're not as confused by that, and you can kind of really dig into the characters and the jokes Agreed. they're making with the knowledge of where they're going, and it's, it's a lot more fun. I think Matthew McConaughey's sort of dark satirical humor, like, just makes the show. It's great, like the yeah, way, well, like, he... it's not humor to the main. No, dude, no, of course, but like uh, to a, re- a, a viewer, it's yeah, humor. absolutely, uh, it's, it's fantastic. Really great season. I mean, anyone who hasn't seen True Detective season one. Have you been living under a rock? It's like the best show. Like seriously, go and watch it like immediately. It's on HBO, binge, whatever you call it, wherever you are. Like it's What's, what episode are you on? We've just finished it yesterday. Oh, okay. uh, so many Russ so many freaking Woody Harrelson quotes. Yes, yeah, I need you to stop saying weird <laughs> shit. The car, like, that, like the, the fucking car town is, is a reflective time. Memory of a dead lost soul. Just stop it. <laughs> so good. It's so good. I'm just trying to currently work out how to start the video because there's got to be like a funny, good starting quote that oh, like dude, kicks it so off perfectly. Many, so many good ones, right? The whole the whole first season, man. It's it's wall to wall. And I think the thing that really makes it for me is the fact that it leaves you wanting so much more. But because it is an anthology, it moves away immediately. And it's kind of, I I find such a beautiful irony in the fact that people want more of these two characters in this specific setting, whereby if you reopen that door, you're almost like losing the thing that made it so great. It's not the only thing that made it no, great. No, 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 no. But like one of the things of the ending that makes it great is this weird fiction-ness of it being about the horror and about the weirdness. I think, it, uh, yeah, I think it's, I, I like it that it's ambiguous. I think the best part about the ending is that 
it's true to what a detective has. Like totally. you don't get the kingpin. Totally. You get your minor win and and 90% of the time, like the real, real root, you know, what do you call it? The 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 root cause? The head of the snake is not yeah, actually yeah, killed. Yeah, yeah. It's like you 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 basically solve your mystery, mm. but the the guy is the the main threat is still out there. That's Absolutely. a big part of detective work. And um I, I think that's true to form in the way they end it. Absolutely. Would you want them to revisit those characters? So interestingly, one of the points I make at the very end of the video is, and I'm, you don't even need to go away and watch the video now, I'm telling uh, you everything, is that the fourth season is set in Alaska, which is where Rust yeah. is from. So Matthew McConaughey's character. Yeah. So, uh, and he goes back there halfway through when he goes, he goes into his drug binge yeah. to get back into but the game. Before he's, he, he was a, he's a detective. He goes back there. Then you see him and he's like totally like Fuck. withered. Yeah. And totally. obviously an alcoholic yeah. drug addict. And yeah. He's... So it's interesting that that's where the new season's going to be taking place. So I wonder if they're going to be diving into him a little bit more into the, his past, the people around him. There's got to be some connection. There's got to be, right? There's got to be some. Otherwise, it's kind of weird to do it there. But part of me is like, he I won't don't, show up. I, don't, I don't want them to. No, no, absolutely not. I don't want them to. Like, I would rather them leave that door closed and like, Unless they do it in some abstract way like where you Easter don't, egg, yeah. yeah, maybe, or even like you're talking about someone he knew in mm. high school, you know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily about him. Yeah. That's fine to me. Would you, would you want them to continue the story of no. Russ and Cole ever? Would you? I wouldn't hate it if they found something really, really good to sure. do. But it's like, it's hard to make like a two timeline thing when they're already that old. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So it'd have to be like a broader story that they're brought into as like consultative experts sure. kind of thing. Sure. And yeah. I guess the, the challenge with that is the fact that there is still so much of that story that feels left to tell. Yeah. And if you're just going to move on and talk about something else, you have people been like, well, why are we going back here anyway if we're not finishing that story? Well, maybe, like that's my point. It would have to be connected. That's what yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Hey guys, let us know if there's anything that you've been up to in these last couple of weeks. We love it when you send us recommendations. Hit us up at podcastsemble or thepodcastsemble at gmail.com. That's where you can find us or just go and check out our YouTube channel. We're on YouTube. Like our videos, leave us comments. It all helps. Algorithms and stuff. DL, John Preff's our main topic. It's the main topic theme. Yeah, this this week we are doing a uh, anthology of a kind. Mini I anthology. Guess. It's not yeah. really an anthology. Well, it kind of slides into movies we should have seen but haven't because I haven't seen this one. Yes, yes. Um, as it, per is the way. As per is the way. The Rise of the Planet of the Apes is a bit of from a... 2011. Yes, from 2011. It's a bit of a rebootuation as well. Yeah, um, agreed. Think it about it. that category too. It's all um, of the above. It's that- a rebootuation of a rebootuation of an original Ooh, i think that yeah I, i've got a, i've got a theory about this that i'm going to save to the end actually no fuck it i'm going to tell you now so the reason we're doing this is that there is a new trilogy which is about to start in 2024 kingdom of the planet of the apes now if you watch the trailer for that it's very really quite clear that it is a world completely inhabited by apes minimal humans we've effectively been wiped out by the virus which we'll talk about in a moment my theory is that this is going to bring the whole story full circle and the way this is going to end is the ending of the Charlton Heston movie. Now, if you remember the very original Planet of the Apes, was Charlton Heston went into space, he comes back, the world's been, you know, destroyed, and he finds the, what is it, Statue of Liberty? And he's like, yeah. you blow it all to hell. I this think that's how very it's, end. I think that's how it's going to end. I think well, at the beginning, we're doing space exploration, we fired someone, because they do talk they, about they, space I mean, exploration. They made that very, very obvious. Yes. Like, like, and it had nothing to do with the whole movie. So Because they just kept saying, oh, we're going to Mars on this thing. And oh, yes. here's the thing, guy lost in space. Like, yes. It's like, okay, guys, they, why are you putting this in here other than to do so that? So I think at the uh, end of the next trilogy, you are going to get that full circle and that's going to be the end of that very first Charlton Heston Could movie. be, but I, feel, I, I almost hope they do something different. 
Me, I do too. Yeah. But I think we'll let's track this and let's. I mean, see, it makes sense to do that. But. Let's see if in the new movies, like when Kingdom comes out, they start making subtle references towards stuff like this. I just space wonder if any of the other movies even talk about the space guy. If not, then that was like, well, it, the, the, like the sex. So we're halfway through the second one at the moment. That doesn't focus on the humans barely at all. So they don't have any connection to mm. broader humanity. What they're tracking, whether people may have gone to space. So it doesn't matter. You don't know. Mm. So DL, do you have? stupid plot summary yes i do james franco a scientist bachelor befriends <laughs> a rebellious chimp in a quest to drive shareholder value and find a friend oh mine's uh, a little different it's get your hands off me you damn dirty pure blood rise of the planet mm. of the apes is an exploration of nature versus weak as piss humans which it truly is. Like, we, compared to these fucking apes, are absolutely weak as piss. Yeah, and a lot of these guys don't realize that. Haven't they seen <laughs> all those... Haven't they seen all those viral freaking stories about uh, chimpanzees ripping somebody's face off? Oh, the, the worst. If you are near a chimp, you get out of that situation immediately. You don't bring, like, a little <laughs> weird dog collar. What the hell, dude? <laughs> that, that's my new dumb it. summary. Many, many dumb individuals are way too close to apes and treat them as we if they are not humans. ten times stronger than the fucking humanity. So this is, this is from uh, Rupert Wyatt, who doesn't have a huge amount of directorial features to his name he did a few bits like the exorcist tv show but outside of that man he's not had a huge career which is surprising to me because this is good it is good no it is you look unsure it is good (laughs) all right how about this it's not bad okay interesting this feels like a Hollywood studio tried to make a cookie cutter rebootuation blockbuster movie and fucked up and made it and good. actually like <laughs> fucked up and asked some really startling and morally rock questions somehow. I would yes. so, but everything else about this, like the cast, the characters, it's kind of like they just thought, oh well, we'll put a bunch of money, in something, a bunch of like we don't have to make it too divisive. It'll be well, let's talk. Let's talk about that. Like I want to know from Marvel you. Movie, I want to know from you if you think the director specifically or even the writers intentionally came at this from the point of view of. Let's ask some really serious questions uh, and just put it into a rebootuation with some big action scenes so, like, the people paying for it don't notice. Do you think they that's how they came at this? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, probably. I think that some big Hollywood studio didn't mean to make a philosophical film <laughs> and they accidentally <laughs> they, did. They got duped, guys. They yeah, got duped. Yeah, like, for sure. It was super intentional with Caesar. To- so you have totally. To, yeah, you totally. have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Speaking of Caesar, it brings together Andy Serkis, you know, the man for this type of job who plays Caesar. Now I've, I've really? called out Tim. I didn't even know. Yeah, it is. I've called out uh, Christopher Gordon, who plays Coba. The reason I called him out is because he's actually replaced in the sequel by Toby Kebble. You'll know from a bunch of random shit. I just like that idea that they had to get rid of this guy and bring in like a bigger name actor to play a CGI ape who or chimp. Speak. Uh, obviously, it has James Franco as Will Rodman. It has Frida Pinto. I love John Lithgow in this. We're going to talk about it. It's got so many big names: Brian Cox, Tom Felton. <gasps> and it's got the it's got the works, man. It's great. It's a really really good cast. And I think the only people that I would call out in the cast as not being particularly strong are the English ones for some reason. I feel like the English people are there either to be evil or just to be like a counterpoint to someone. It doesn't make sense. Why are you English? What does it matter? Just, <laughs> you're so confused by my rant about English. Why is it? Why, why are you English? What do you mean? So like the bad guys just, and it, it's almost like they took the Star Warsian like view on bad guys. So you're the, talking about the biotech guy? Yeah, the black guy who's just like, 
He's just so, there, isn't there a bunch of big biotech companies in England? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not compared then that's to a good question. Is there any in South Africa? Not compared to the Then state. I don't know what the hell this guy's just doing. happens in America. Ruthless like, executive. I gotta admit, Stephen Jacobs is he's a great character in this. Um so tell me what the plot of this is then, Dale. What 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 happens in I this? I think film? my dumb summary summarizes it well. Basically, well, actually, my first one, I should say. The uh <laughs> James, not the weakest piss part. Yeah, J- James no, James Franco is basically a a scientist. On a mission to save his dad's life, yes, by curing Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Al- sorry, all Alzheimer's. Um, in that quest. pursuit and in that quest, Noble he befriends quest. and accidentally birth births Jim. a really not himself. He, let's, let's be clear. <laughs> James, I Franco know many fans would love to watch that video of wow. James Franco birthing a chip, chimp. But uh, no, he he basically creates a human level intelligent chimp through injecting the uh virus that is a virus which is interesting yeah that he uses to try and cure his dad um and and keeps him hidden away for a period of time because he's been ordered to exterminate all the apes because something went wrong with the virus or so so the biotech company perceived and they didn't want any risks and eventually said little ape gets a bit too smart and we follow that we follow that rise i have so many questions about james franco's motivations in this not james franco specifically but yeah he's a bad bloke so yes his motivations in this but like the character's motivation. I think he's a fucking monster. He's an absolute monster. Like, and I'm getting way too into like character here, but I'm just going to say this up top, right? So he's hell bent on saving his dad, like you say. Yes. We're going to talk about Caesar and the actual plot is moving. So he's hell bent on saving his father and he just doesn't give a fuck how many chimps he hurts in the process. The only reason he keeps Caesar alive is because of his own guilt that he fucked up and that like he didn't... Y- Another side question to this is, how on earth can you have scientists around a chimp for so long and not realize it's fucking pregnant? Great question for this movie. Who knows? But he doesn't care how many chimps he hurt. His arc is one of, you know, pity and shame, not self-improvement throughout the whole film. He do- he looks after Caesar because he feels bad that he fucked up and he got his mother killed. Not because he has any sort of, like, moral ethics to make him feel good about this stuff that's what it starts as it's at least. fucked that's definitely how it his st- whole it arc is fucked well it's not meant it's to fuck be james franco he's a bad person it's not meant to be a, that was a bit of a rant there on franco. sorry you spent a lot of, franco's got some real estate up there oh. uh the the whole or it's not he's not meant to be his arc it's caesar's arc this movie of course it is of course it is. and the, the thing but the, the thing i find so interesting about this is it asks a bunch of super like intense questions and one that i find interesting is like you know Imagine being the only one of a thing, the only intelligent this or the only, I don't know, person with flippers for feet. Who the fuck knows? Like how isolated would you feel like in general? Like the only, but the only reason why Caesar has anyone on his level or uh, of the, you know, the, the marsupials or whatever. We, what are they? Primates. Sorry. Primates. Of yeah. the primates is because Caesar goes and steals some of the gas. If there wasn't any of the gas, if Franco would, you know, like destroyed it like he was supposed to. Like Caesar would just be this unique entity on its own, and it would be so alone, shunned by humans, shunned by his own like primate family. James Franco's a fucking monster, I mean, in, and he's bad in this steel, as well. Steel manning this, he didn't know that the ape was going to have all these great, you know, abilities. But that's what he was trying to do. No, he didn't. He was trying to do that. To test it for humans, yeah. What which are they going to do? Which is, quite they... frankly, you know, you can. That's a morally rock question on its that's, own, but it's something that's one. done everywhere. Yeah, it, it like it, that, which is something it. we'll get into. Like animal what, testing, bad. What 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 they ask, the things they ask, you know, in this film, that's one of the moral questions they ask. But that's not like villainous behavior by like otherwise 
I think it is. Well, you can say that it is, I but you use you products pull- every day that are tested it's by true. animals. It's very true. So I it's think like kind yeah. of hypocritical. I guess my point is that's not the part. The part that the part that becomes it's like when he just does nothing post that to come clean about it. Yeah, right. Like he's like acts as the judge, jury, and arbitrator of like what should happen with this highly, highly unique And then tests situation. it on his dad. I think if you put like a villainous soundtrack behind all of James Franco's scenes, this movie's done. <laughs> Like I, I, I'm not saying he's not a villain. I'm just saying like that's not like that's something that every yeah, major yeah, country yeah. does. So yeah, it's more yeah, like yeah, I yeah. think the parts that are more interesting to investigate are like him knowing that he's intelligent and putting him on a fucking leash and yeah, walking him around up. like a dog. Like that is way more morally wrought than him using animal tests, totally. which is a pretty prevalent practice, right? Totally. Yeah. Uh, let's take let's take a subtle side uh, side swipe from here then, because yeah. I feel like I've got way too intense way too quickly. <laughs> CGI is pretty good in this, isn't it? Yeah, it's for 2011. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, I mean for 2011, I think it's great. Like it's, uh, I think some of the movies that come out now look worse than this. Yeah. Like you look at oh, some of sure. the Marvel crap like, like that came quant- out. You keep Thor you of always Thunder. talk about Ant Man, so let's hear it. Now let's talk about Thor of the Thunder <laughs> this time. I feel like we'll go a different direction. Like the bit where the kid's face is just like hanging out in the sky. It just looks terrible. It, and I think it's a, a testament to giving, you know, artists time to create art. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like it makes yeah. sense and it looks, looks really, and it gets, it only gets better. Like the second one we started watching it the, to yesterday. So fucking good. I think when you have like way less characters as well, which next, it sounds like the next, uh, movie so many is more much in the more, next one, much more about the apes. You can spend more time on the apes and not like all the budget on James Franco. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I probably Can we CG out James Franco. That'd be great. Surely he's not in the second one. No, he's not. So interestingly, so I did, I did a master's when I was about twenty-five. I was like, holy shit, a fine art degree does not get you a real job. So I went and did a master's. And one of the projects we had to do because it was about creative advertising was, you know, how do you create a campaign for one? Because the Planet of the Apes movie, I think it was Rise. Mm. the planet Apes was coming out at you the time the, yeah not the dawn no i think Don't it was rise it was coming out at the time and like we had to create a campaign for it and etc cetera, etc cetera. and to do that i interestingly went back and watched all of the originals and now the originals to say a varying varying in quality is very nice to the originals so the first one is of course a classic like how many were there? So, way more than you think there really? would be. There's like five or six. Really? By the end of it, they're basically like TV movie quality. Like oh, they're no. they're apes who are trying to send like uh, spaceships into the sky. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been surprised if they were trying to by the end of it like flip like reverse make a reversal on the whole trope whereby they get to the point where the apes are so intelligent that they send someone into space. Yeah, and then there's a reverse whereby the human the the apes die out and it's only the humans left and the humans are taking over and the apes come back. But they were so bad that last one just didn't get, didn't get a <laughs> didn't sequel. Get it was fucking awful, man. It was uh, it was really really bad. Anyway, uh, it, it it was just interesting watching back and seeing the differences. And then, like, obviously, I rewatched the Tim Burton version, which my god, that was weird. So Tim Burton was it weird? I don't remember it. it I just had remember like giant... Mark Wahlberg like crashes. It had a Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's yeah. in it. <laughs> Wait, that film at least is going to get. It's going to be good for having enough Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, it has that going for it. At least it's got that. Yeah, it has that it's going got for a it. giant Abraham Lincoln statue. It does. See what it did when he gets back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then he like kisses one of the apes and stuff. It's it's does weird he movie? It's a he weird kisses movie. an ape. Yeah, and I can't remember if that's in the original ones. But Surely like, not. He, uh, YouTube it. Mark Wahlberg ape kiss. Yeah, Doctor, I'd like to kiss you goodbye. All right, but you're so damned ugly. Yeah, I did watch that video. He does kiss the ape. It is weird. And she's like a half ape? 
She's like she's mid, full. Just, she's full ape. She's full prosthetics, but like the other apes are like full apes. She's kind of like weirdly human looking ape. Looks like a like a hybrid ape. I, I think that's just them having evolved to be like full intelligence. Kind of kind of gross though. Yeah, you think? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be real. So what do you think about the world building cinematography in this? Like I've got some feelings on this in terms of the world building. Cause yeah, you go. You tell me. No, I, I think the I mean cinematography it was like it's fine, I guess. Uh I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was like amazing. Um Well the thing I find interesting about the cinematography is that this is one of the one of the first times they used, you know, like the ping pong balls on humans out in set in like real worlds where normally when they they would do that type of cgi it would just be in a very controlled set with like a green screen in the back and they could uh. keep everything controlled whereas this one they were doing it actually out in the la- in the wild i find that really like interesting that is interesting it didn't look like when they were next to each other it kind of looked most of the time pretty pretty real i thought it looked pretty good yeah most was pretty good of the time i guess the only thing that really got me about it in terms of like the world building specifically was like it did feel a bit copy paste you know, like evil corporation has a big steel building working towards the greater good. Hundred percent. It's not like that interesting. Hundred percent. Like that's what I was going to say about the world building. Like yeah. they didn't. If they were going to go do the evil corporation thing, they should have like gone deeper. Sure. There's so much like stuff you can talk about with biotech and the government and like the the corruption mm. in a way that makes it more real like that's not just like oh one dude controls everything and he but like actually is like deeply bureaucratically evil and like broken yeah you can investigate that and the incentives for james franco yeah who's basically like i, I thought they made him too one-dimensional in the sense that like Tell they should have it. talked about his his like incentives for, for he's got all sorts of incentives to go get this out and him like convincing himself, well, I'm doing for this for my dad, but yeah. he's actually super ego driven and wants to do it for himself and to make a bunch of money. Just give him any G- dimension. G- give him the give the real work. G- give the reality. That is the reality of biotech. Yeah. They hire these scientists, researchers, doctors, pay them a shit ton of money mm. to do something. They lose control of the project, or they convince themselves they're doing it for the greater d- good and ignore the some of the si- good. They ignore some of the side effects, and like that would have been an inst- interesting investigation to pair with yeah. a really, really like morally rot you know caesar arc completely yeah. agreed and i think by, by the way if anyone doesn't know that's uh that's a joke from hot fuzz one of my all-time favorite movies mm-hmm. um it also pairs interestingly with the pacing of the movie because the first half up to the point where caesar he, he takes caesar home and starts like you know r- raising him effectively so this the caesar arc actually starts it goes so fast and you don't get any of that you don't get any of james franco's moral or internal musings on whether he's doing the right thing or whether he's doing, you know, who he's really doing it for or, you know, whether he's bending his own ethics to do something that maybe isn't right. You don't get any of that. And, and because it goes so fast through, you know, the blue eyes story and then uh, her being killed and they find the baby. It, it's like, it's so fast. And then all of a sudden uh, Caesar's in the sanctuary and then all of a sudden they're breaking out and you're like, all right, <laughs> like what are these, what are these one dimensional characters around you actually have? Like Tom Felton's character, who I was joking about in my uh, stupid plot summary, obviously Draco Malfoy will always be Draco Malfoy. Mm-hmm. I find that character just so frustrating because I get it. He's a dick and he's worked this job that's made him sort of like numb to the, the pain of the animals around him. But like, he, there must be more to him. Although saying that though, I do. I did make a note that just says, this is what I imagine Draco Malfoy grows up to actually be That's like. That's what I literally said. One of, <laughs> one of my three best, and we're getting ahead of it. I was like, 
it's really it's really cool seeing the type of job someone like Malfoy would yeah. truly have <laughs> yeah. in the non-wizarding world like, yeah. with no money. Anyway, I do think it whizzed through that first half so fast, but uh, it feels like it split almost into two halves where the Caesar, like, they were trying so hard to get to the Caesar story and Caesar's revolt that they didn't quite give you enough in the first half of, you know, character motivations and such. Yeah, and I guess it's really hard because it's not like a exciting... No. It's, I guess no. It's, I, what I would have liked is you just get rid of the bank, the you get rid of the character that is the like uh, the, the businessman character. Sure. And, th- and that's just James Franco's role. He's You combine those roles... David Oyelowo. Yeah, you combine those roles and he's the one driving the profit lines as well as the one uh, who yeah. is the scientific yeah, researcher. Yeah. So it's like, it's this tug yeah, and pull yeah. between the two and it gives, it, he becomes the villain. Yeah. He becomes the villain takes, that is you yeah. you identify with. Though, yeah. And it's a more interesting story. Because and then he of takes that. the chimp home and he yeah. realizes, you know, like he's been doing the wrong thing. Yeah. He has to change his ways. But he doesn't That's quite so do easy. it. It's more, it's more rot that way. There's it's more so easy. complexity. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. And yeah. that would make fucking sense, right? Yeah. But Andy Serkis in this is phenomenal. I what didn't a- know it was him. <laughs> yeah. but i don't he also like says like four words he doesn't need to this home well we've got we've got a bit of a trivia no. false about that at the end so hold hold fire on that i uh, apparently he was selected off the back like i say of that king kong performance of peter jackson so i find that really interesting it was just supposed to be like a random dude doing this like a random extra or whatever but <laughs> they were like nah we need the expert for this. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. bring in the bring guy the who guy. does apes the ape guy <laughs> the ape guy but um i mentioned before john lithgow in this i think he's great he has this portrayal of a man really suffering from Alzheimer's. It's really affecting to me. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's because Alzheimer's affected my family or, but seeing, you know, him almost get his life back and then it crumbling back down again, that's almost harder than losing it the first time, you know? Yeah, totally. It's totally. fucking brutal. Knowing what's coming. Yeah, exactly. And, and knowing, and then, you know, it's sort of his actions that lead to Caesar getting put in the animal sanctuary, whereby, you know, because he hasn't got his all his faculties he tries to get in the car and drive and yep. obviously that's not a great thing when you're you know you have alzheimer's or dementia for per se it's really interestingly done how he brings that character to life i like i, I like that character was such a good avenue to like get caesar exposure to the world and like Absolutely. view how it changes him like that part of the storyline i think was really good yeah so and it, like the dynamic between him and caesar and how that exposes Caesar to the world. James Franco's he, bung eye. And how he makes yeah, James Franco didn't need to be there. <laughs> but I, I really liked that. I really liked that. Once you notice James Franco's bung eye in anything, like that's it for me. It's done. The movie's over. Like I can't refocus. I'm just solely focusing on the weird, the weird eye. Yeah. Are chimpanzees <laughs> even apes, by the way? Or Good are question. they monkeys? Good question. But I guess it begs the question about James Franco. Like I know I'm being I'm being a bit facetious about his eye. But like his reputation has been tarnished since that. So I actually thought the reason I actually thought the reason he didn't come back for the sequel was because of all the, you know, the stuff about him being inappropriate with college girls and messaging them and all that stuff. And that was you know, like sex- 2018, though. Yeah. So that, but and I didn't realize that until mm. after I was doing my research and I was looking at it on this. I was like, oh, that was way later. So yeah. I guess that begs the question, like, you know, rewatching a tarnished actor in a movie, like, is it ever going to be the same? Like. Could you watch like House of Cards, for example, and not see the dude who tried to, you know, harass young boys? Uh, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> We're getting to. <laughs> you can just say yes or no. I mean, like, I think that I will. I think I could watch House of Cards and still enjoy it because that character is not a good dude. Switch that to party brain off to it. Is that? No, it's not even switching it off. Like, it, it almost like 
creates more real realness to the character of Frank oh, Underwood. He's a yeah, okay. he's a terrible person. He's a deviant. So like it actually adds to the value. Like I'm like okay, like that. Like yeah, I can believe that. More. I can almost yeah. believe it more. Yeah, okay. Like it's not even like do I do I care? It's more just like yes, I could still watch that and be like okay, like I don't feel like I'm you know. I don't know. I, I feel like it's yeah. I can separate the art from the character a lot of times. Okay. Yes. Yeah, from, from the actor, unless it's depending like, how. Like like I guess there's always a level. Like I'm not going to do that for Chris Delia. Yeah. He's not that fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. You right. know what I mean? Like I, I don't. I was. But the point is, I was not going to rewatch that anyway. Yeah. Right. So it's like that. That's the way I think about that. Interesting. Okay. Now here's another question for you. Take it another side side direction. Yeah. Is uh, Frida Pinto's character way too hot for James Franco? Yeah. In my notes, like third third. Third best, James Franco's girlfriend. Yeah. Smoke show. Third worst. Why, why is she with she, James Franco? Why is she with James Franco? And why don't we have more of her? Now, my one... My, like, you know what I mean? She yeah. would... She she got, like, nothing to do. She's like a vet, right? So, But I, I have a I have a theory <laughs> about vet. this. I got a theory about this, right? Is, Chimpanzee expert. Yes. Is she a little too easy to just accept how intelligent Caesar is? So there's one of two ways this can be, right? She's either really quite desperate for the James Franco D... Or she might not be that intelligent. So, like, maybe that's why she ends up with James Franco and his bung eye. I think both theories <laughs> are sound. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Down theories. <laughs> little column A, little column B. Yeah. I, li- I like to get your uh, your thoughts on these things. Um, no, I-, I think that, again, her character could have done more. Yes. Like, they could have had her be the arc that, like, she betray- eventually betrays Franco because she sees him going too far one way. If you, if you combine those characters, you, may- you give her more of that time the other guy had. I think that's that's a better movie. Sign this guy up, Hollywood. He knows what he's doing. It's a much better movie. I, it, it is. I, do, I I'm. I know I'm going a bit deep on this, but I actually genuinely really quite like this movie. Genuinely, like yeah. I thought it, it it hit a lot of the beats that I didn't expect it to. It had a lot of heart to it, um, and the action, which I'd like to talk about a little bit, actually was pretty good. Like it builds sequentially, really mm-hmm. interestingly. So, for example, we mentioned Caesar's outburst. Uh, so, what happens with the John Lithgow character is he tries to to get in this car, not realizing it's not his own. And, a, and a, uh, the next door neighbor has been a prick to him, effectively. Like, Dude, no one's that much of a dick. Talk about, like, through the years, this neighbor. Right. Tell me like, about it. Like, just move. Tell me Dude, about it. If you're that angry, everyone's got a neighbor like that, I, I guess. Feel like, I feel like he's just an angry man. In general, <laughs> what an asshole. And he's a fucking pilot. Imagine being a pilot. Maybe, How do you know he's a pilot? Because he's the, the one at the end who gets on, who, who gets in the cab to take the... He gets sneezed on when the other lab guy oh, has shows the virus. him flying around, and he then goes Just to all the airport. Bad dude, yeah. what a what a fuckwit! I hate that guy. <laughs> anyway, um, so John Lithgow's character he's, he's all up in his grill, and then Caesar comes out and basically stops the argument. Yeah. But then, being being a chimp, obviously everyone freaks out, and he bites. I think he bites the guy's finger off, which is a bit maybe goes a bit too far. Um, but then, obviously, there's that. That's not how you handle general altercations, of course. I mean, yeah. I do. I don't oh, know about oh, you. I'm chomp, 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 chomp. chomp. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the power grab in the shelter, which we've not really got into that much. Where you know Caesar outthinks the shelter guys, which isn't that difficult. Let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> Those guys are not even passing a GED. Draco <laughs> Malfoy gets like full uh, electro patronumed. He's like, but then like obviously then it it really crescendos with the scene that was in all the trailers where they're on the Brooklyn Bridge. Is Brooklyn Bridge? No, that's definitely the wrong state. Which which bridge is it? Uh, it is the Golden, Golden the Great Golden, Golden Gate. The Golden Great Bridge. Fuck, I know my geography pretty well. Yeah. Talk to me about that then, because I think that's a really cool scene, how they outthink the humans. Uh, are you talking about on the bridge in, yeah, in particular? specific. Well, they're like storming the bridge, and uh, the humans are like, 
man, it's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> it's going to be super got, Which, like, I'm super not going to lie. I agreed. Yeah. I was like, they, this helicopter can go up over the bridge, under the bridge. They've got a chain gun on Doesn't there. Do either. How do you how do you lose this one? But the the boys in blue find a way. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they block the bridge. They're like the apes are trying to cross and get to like a little you know an, an area with trees. And um, I think they they basically split up, don't they? They have like some go under, some go over. Yep. yep. And then uh, is that another theme by any chance? Human arrogance? Do you reckon? Yeah, there is. There's definitely a theme. Like to that, both just from like, the yeah, scientific. We'll, we'll fuck them up. It's fine. From the scientific perspective, and yeah, like, yeah, I, I would I would argue both. Yeah. Human perspective. No, I just mean like arrogance towards like the repercussions and the moral complexity of our scientific progress. Yeah, no, I'm saying as that's well a microcosm own... of a bigger yeah. theme that's all like throughout the movie. For sure. For sure. So they go beneath and below. Beneath and below, as you do. B and B. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, they throw they, a chain at the helicopter. <laughs> they royally fuck up the humans. <laughs> and it's great. Falls down. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, effectively, like it's a big choke. It's them. a big choke by the humans. Big so. though, and they, they choke. Didn't, didn't bring enough dudes. They're like, if I was like, there's a lot of chimpanzees and apes and various. I'm telling you, they consistently primate. under underrate the right? apes, bro. Right? Have, how have they not seen any of these viral videos? Like, just watch one. Yeah, any of them. Hambre. Yeah, definitely haven't take... seen Chimp Empire. That's for sure. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> it's a really good fucking show. And I like the way that the chimps outthink them. Obviously, they're not thinking they're gonna outthink the human beings, but. You think they'd have been called ahead, maybe, and been like, "Yeah, the dude's in the helicopter with them." Like the the, the bio guy, he's like, "Yeah, they're pretty intelligent. Maybe, maybe don't underestimate these guys." I mean, like, or just like fly far enough away with the chain gun that yeah. like he can't fucking huck a a, a, a chain link <laughs> fucking chain or whatever the them. fuck it was. The the question I have for you is like, is this a plot hole, or did they? Do you think they covered this well? Caesar like got really smart and intelligent from like you know years. Of being well, he taught. Was, he was born. He was as, born with it. Yeah. And he was taught by James Franco. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. Was, was he born with it? Uh, all these other apes just like do a whip it. He taught them, he taught <laughs> them real quick is what you're saying. Yeah, he do a yeah. whip it and suddenly yeah. they're like highly intelligent. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's that, a bit of a plot yeah. hole. I, I think they cover it up fairly well by the fact that it's they just go directly into a fight scene. That's yeah, all they do. No, they I agree. They're not doing a lot. They, yeah. they basically learn to be able to like follow him. Yes, I agree. Because I was, I was devil's advocate. And also, it is a you're, new... I mean, you're right. It is a new virus. They've increased the strength. Right. Yeah, So there's, like, yeah. there's two things going for it. Yeah, I think right. they did well. Yeah. So effectively, yeah, Caesar grabs a... Co- but there's so much in those cans as well. Like, so when, so like when they're using... The, yeah, the virus on <laughs> they'd the be hotbox on bro. just one of the guys. I think it's Cobra they're doing it on in the in the lab- Cobra looks like a bad man, bro. Ta- wait till a second. I would on. not want to fuck with Cobra, bro. So they uh, and they, but then when he like he it works for just one in the lab, but when they take it out, he works on like forty forty of these. I'm like that. That seems a well, he lot. took like at least four two. But anyway, I'm I'm with you. It, it does seem like a little bit of a plot hole, but at the same time, I think you can yada yada that pretty yeah. easily. The character moments in this though were super good, and like Caesar's rise, like big time when when he like draws the window, it's oh, very yeah. cute, and then he rubs it out, and then he rubs it out. But it's very good. I think it's good. I think I think it's well written. They they were they were slow in the right parts for Caesar. Yes. They were not Agreed. slow in the right parts for James Franco. They just made some bad Maybe human... James Franco's just a bit slow in general. Yeah, um, <laughs> so what happens is they beat the police, they get into Presidio, and they escape to live their best lives. James Franco giving him his blessing to go and live in this tiny area of forest. <laughs> um, I think the main thing that sort of comes out at the end of this that I'd completely forgotten was the virus. Yeah. So the virus that they're using on the apes, if 
humans are exposed to it can kill you quite literally. And yeah, it gets out into the wild and starts spreading. And there is that scene at the end where it is spreading and you're like, holy fuck, this is just COVID. This is literally what happened during COVID. Like a couple of years before. Yeah. Like, oh, brutal. And then even like, it's got even Obama talking about it on the thing. I'm like, yeah, wow. They, they knew this is what would happen and they still, you know, didn't do anything. Gets me every time. Well, like it is interesting because a lot of these new vaccines are mimicking viruses in the way they... Like, it's actually not that far from where science is actually going. Yeah, of course. Vaccines. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah, super interesting. It's pretty cool. DL, then. Do you have any tones and or themes for this? I know we've touched on a few as we've been going uh, through. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's like, dude, I don't even, the tones and themes are like the the hubris of humanity yep, versus like, that. like hubris versus progress. Yep, like, you know, that's yep. a pretty strong theme. Like, what is... What is hubris? What is actually ambition? I think that leads yeah. to like the collateral damage as well. Like, you know, having a goal at the expense of others, like it sort of ties together with that, I feel. Yeah. The push and pull of yeah. like the individual versus the whole. Nature versus nurture. Utilitarian boy in versus there. utilitarianism. Totally. Yeah. Human arrogance. We've talked about a lot of these, but like, I, I really feel like they didn't intend to make it quite as deep as they did. And it's great. I genuinely got a lot out of this. And I was talking to my partner about this. We went out for coffee before and she was like, yeah, I was thinking about this and this and this. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, this no, I find I find it like they they did some things like A plus well, and then just other things just like C minus. Yeah. So it's just, it just sucks when those two because like I find it actually harder to watch a movie that has like that because well, that, that level of juxtaposition because the C minus moments just take you out of it. Rich. Whereas when you're watching just a C minus movie, you can kind of just make fun of the whole thing, you know, <laughs> and like have fun with it. Whereas like I I, I have to like shift my perspective like when I'm watching a movie like that. So I'm all, I'm almost like fuck. I just wish they aced it. That's <laughs> that's like the way I. But it was a good movie. It was overall. I think it was yeah. better than it was bad. Yeah. Did no, you have? Sure. Uh, we've talked about a couple of these already. Do you have any three best and the three worst? Yeah, seeing the type of job that like you know someone truly like Draco Malfoy would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Because like let's be real, like people he these are fiction. There's pre there's pre uh, pricks. Like Draco yeah, Malfoy. Totally. But like, generally speaking, they're uneducated, not super wealthy. Like people that are super wealthy and evil are smarter about it. Yeah. Well, in, this guy yeah, is like yeah, yeah. actually what James Franco would, or sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I've got you. I've got you. Uh, no, I'm, I'm on board, bro. He was like, he's <laughs> creepy dude. But uh, the, actually what people like Draco Malfoy would be like in real world, in the I, real world. Just, just adding to that as well. Like, I feel like there's an interesting difference between, you know, people who are super wealthy and have a little bit of intelligence, they tend to go on and do pretty well in life. And people who are super wealthy and dumb as shit and just can't quite click in like a real job, they tend to end up getting turfed out by the parents to do some piece of shit job. Yeah. And that Draco Malfoy's not fucking intelligent. I don't yeah, know if you've no. read those books. This no. could just be a continuation of that character. Yeah, yeah he could be the same dude. Just <laughs> became a muggle. Um, Sorry, go on. The moral complexity and humanity brought to light by Caesar Definitely. and his eight friends. Like yep. they really did humanize him. It's well done. Definitely. Um, and the third one, the whole biotech profit storyline wasn't flushed out. There's so much more they could have done there to actually draw attention to that issue Agreed. and the complexity of it. And they just didn't. Um, what about you? Where you at? Uh, I got the CGI. Yeah. Pretty phenomenal in this. Like, yeah. I was genuinely surprised for a 2011 movie how insanely good this was. I had John Lithgow. Um, I tend to like picking up a certain character and following them for a movie. And when there's like, that's a hard performance to pull off. Yeah. Like, and it's a, yeah, I don't know. It's just something about that performance resonated with me, whether it was the fact that... He's good. It's not just him as a person. I think he's great regardless. But I feel like it was really affecting. And maybe that is because I've had that in my life. Seeing it from yeah. a different perspective and seeing someone, you know, who's clearly researched it 
play that part particularly well. Yeah, it was really, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, my final one was just the accidental tones and themes of the movie. Like the fact that they, we, we've joked about this a lot, but the fact that they put so much into this for you to come away and talk about almost completely accidentally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? totally. What, are you, what are your worst, buddy? I already said one of my worst, um, the, the whole biotech storyline, because I only had two really good ones that I wanted to like harp on. Mm-hmm. But my other one would be uh, James Franco's girlfriend. Got her too. Give her more. And then James Franco's character, which I just talked about. Well, James Franco's girlfriend being way too hot for James Franco. That's a, that's a problem. There's something wrong there. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. And I know Hollywood likes to put like a really attractive girl with just I mean, anyone. James Franco is not bad looking, to be honest. Let's be real. Mm, well, I've got James Franco's bung eye as one of my worst. So I beg to differ. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he's definitely not bad looking. He's just, just he's just come out that he's a creep. I mean, that too. Uh, I've just got the, it felt a bit rushed. Like, I think you mentioned about the biotech storyline not getting fleshed out. I think that's a big part of that and really sort of encapsulates my feelings towards those rushed parts of the the film. You're right. Like you amalgamate a couple of those characters, give them more time on screen, smashed it. So what we do now is we talk a bit about the critical reception. And can you guess for me, DL? First and foremost, the IMDb score for this. 8-2. Ooh. Probably lower, actually. 7-9. It's 7-6. Oh. Which, you know, I probably a little lower than I'd have expected, but yeah. that's that's all right. What do you think about the Rotten Tomatoes percentage? That would be 82. <gasps> bing, 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 yeah. bing, bing, bing. Did you see that before? I did not. Blind I just blind felt like, gets a square I every felt now like again. it wasn't a 95-er. Right, right. And it wasn't a 70 or a, and I had already said 82, so I just went with 82. Love what you're doing yeah. here. Yeah. Love what you're doing Lots here. of science to this. And now, finally, I'll favorite it's all user reviews it's letterbox and it's always 3.6 dl is it 3.6 it's 3.6 this This is a total 3.6 letterbox it so is right it's 100 percent that actually no it's 3.6 percent that um dl now we do our famous rating system and because the internet is binary what we do is we say is this better or worse than the most average movie we can think of which as of right now and always, probably, is Aquaman 2018. DL, what do you reckon? I think it's it's hard to argue that this is, you know, worse than Aquaman. It's better. I think it's great. Yeah, it's I really better. enjoyed it. I mean, they both have animals. There's a lot to compare. There's a lot they to both compare. Have animals. Lots no, of CGI. Lots of CGI. No octopus drums. Both we, had a but, character who in we, real life might be considered uh, <laughs> blacklisted in Hollywood. Yes, yes, James true. James Franco and Amber Heard. True. We also have animals, you know, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I was going to say fighting because they both have, uh, yeah, they have animal animal fights they in fight. this. They do. They There's do. a lot of stuff like above water, underwater, main difference. Let's fight yeah. all of the sea creatures in Aquaman 2018 against all of the apes in this. On water or inland? Oh, that's a great question. Well, it's the only question. In a vacuum of space. Uh, they all die. <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. I, I personally say yeah, it's better. better. It's, it's yeah, I genuinely took way more out of this movie than I expected to, though it was a bit rushed, and a few of the characters could have done with a bit more, just a bit more, to be honest, a bit more baking. I really enjoyed it. So finally then, DL, do you want a little bit of true or false trivia? I do. Well, you're going to get it whether you want it or not. Uh, <laughs> firstly, true or false, DL. Caesar's speaking voice was produced by sound designer Chuck Michael, who mixed the sounds of fully grown male chimps' vocalizations. Is that true or is that false? True. It is true. He actually mixed it with Andy Serkis' voice. So he got like a bunch of chimps vocalizations and mixed it kind of handily with Mr. Andy Serkis' which makes sense. And I like it's, that. I guess that's how you do it. Absolutely. True or false DL, Bright Eyes getting her favorite drink, which was a fizzy drink, was in a Gatorade bottle. Is actually incorrect because apes don't love fizzy drinks. She would have to have had a non-fizzy drink. Is that true or is that false? 
Oh. I don't think we can speak for every ape out there. It is false. It's actually false. <laughs> Tom, Tommy remember. just, Tommy just, I know. That like, was like full. <laughs> that was full. Mitch McConnell pause. <laughs> like a, pause button, bro. Oh, this is really, a really tough topic. On during, during the research of the film, director Rupert Wyatt learned that captive chimpanzees love sugar, and Gatorade is one of their favorite drinks. Mm. So it is true. Uh, fine, a couple more then, very quickly. James Franco during the making of this film was found to have sent inappropriate messages to apes during the making. <laughs> is that true or is that false? Your definition of apes is. <laughs> I'm say His co-stars. True. It's of course false. It's yeah, nonsense. Yeah, but um, I just feel like that's something he would have done if he had the opportunity. Uh, if they, were, if them, they weren't CGI. Exactly. <laughs> see if they were there. Uh, finally, in the original ending, Caesar and Will are in the forest where Will is trying to convince him to come home. They are interrupted by soldiers and Will actually dies. Is that true or is that false? Ooh. False? Actually true. Caesar is about to get shot and Will throws himself in the way, shielding him from the bullets. Stupid. And one month before the slated release of the film, people's minds were changed, so James Franco and Andy Serkis flew over on the 4th of July weekend to reshoot the ending. I don't know why they'd say that was on the 4th of July, but that was part of the trivia true or false. And this is all from IMDb, so it could be That, that would be actually a really good ending to the movie where he's actually the villain. Like a proper villain. Ooh. And, that's and he actual, finally makes that's the That's his redemption. Yes. That makes so much more fucking sense. Yeah. Maybe that's why they changed it. They were like, we fucked up this character. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, DL, we appreciate you all sticking with it. Thank you all very much. Uh, we really appreciate this. And I think we're going to come back and do the next one. Maybe we next are. Week. We are. Where, you know, quite frankly, I'm not a firm believer that quite the Franco apes Lee. would be able to, quite frankly, <laughs> I do not think that the apes would be able to take over the Presidio and therefore the world. But there is a I will virus. suspend my disbelief. There's a virus. We still have nukes. It's going. <laughs> Fucking nuke the shit. Nuke the Presidio. Burn, burn Honestly, down. all San Francisco. Burn it down. That's yeah, easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, DL, do you want to wrap up the show, my man? Of course. Eh? We uh, really appreciate you guys listening. Thank you. Thank you. Please find us at the podcast assemble at gmail.com or podcast assemble on Instagram. You, right? you can send us really anything. Yeah. Minus dick pics. No, actually, send us a Tommy. He's, he's moderating. Actually, no, don't send us anything. <laughs> Stuff related and... to the genres we tend to stick with. Yes, would be yes, lovely. Yes, 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 Memes, yes. news, whatever you want. Reviews. Yeah, reviews. Memes, news, reviews. That's our new tagline. Is it? It is now. Approved. <laughs> Approved on live, on, on air. The five stars you give us will go a long way so please please give us a five star and then a big thank you to matthew bliss for editing this week's episode um he really had to go dig deep to find some ape kissing scenes this time or at the very least some music to put to it so we really appreciate it i really wonder what you're going to choose to be the soundtrack of the ape kiss moment. i think it's just going to be like that you know, classic jazz porn music i mean yeah it really depends what you want to say about that are you <laughs> anyway if you want to hire someone to edit your podcast he's the guy matthewbliss.net book a consultation today and he's also got a podcast called from my home to yours expat repat podcast him and his wife share their experiences very wholesome others moving around the world check him out check him out check him out and with all that said it's been a good time it's been a it's been been a a monkey of a time (laughs) an eight of a evening you've morning i can't think i'm out i can't think i'm done i need another coffee and we are out tell you latest gators (laughs)